SAFM Sports Wrap. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk cricket now. South Africa-Bangladesh meeting in the second and final test at the Mangang Oval in Bloemfontein from tomorrow. I'm delighted to say we've got cricket correspondent Johan Larue on the line. Johan, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Dwayne. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to uh, hopefully another dominant display by the Proteas. They, they were really exceptional in that first test match. Yeah, w- w- was that actually uh, simply indicative of the great divide between these sides, do you think? I think so. I think um, when this uh, tour was announced that Bangladesh were coming to South Africa for for the Test Series and the ODIs and the T20s, I think everybody expected South Africa, especially at home, to, to really control the Test Series against Bangladesh. And that's uh, not to take nothing away from, from Bangladesh. They, they've managed to beat Australia in, in, in Test matches in, yeah. in, in, in the recent history. And the, they've also been one of the up-and-coming teams. But coming to South Africa, uh, they really are up against it, uh, especially... If you make the wrong decision at the toss as well, you're not making life any easier for yourself. And also, I think it's a, it's a Proteus team at the moment that's very determined to show where they are going, especially with the new coach uh, in place. Uh, players want to impress him. There's, a, there's spots up for grabs, especially in the bowling department. So I think it was always going to be a tough ask for the Tigers to, to come here and to win a test match or to even draw a test match. And uh, I think it's going to be the same over the next uh, five days, even if it lasts that long. I think the South Africa should control the matters again. Yeah, I, the, the the concern, of course, is the fact that uh, Morne Morco is out after the uh, first test, which means that now we've got Stain, we've got Philander, we've got Morris, we've got various players unavailable for South Africa's first-choice attack. Basically, bar Rabada, it isn't a first-choice attack. But is is that a situation just simply beyond the control of the uh, selectors and coach? And, uh, and how significantly does it actually impact on on South Africa as a, as a test team? Well, I think if there's one test series that you don't, as a coach, don't really mind that happening, <laughs> uh, it, it, is, it is against Bangladesh at home. And again, take nothing away from Bangladesh, but they're coming to unfamiliar conditions and they're coming up against a Proteus side that is very determined, as I said, to, to make a mark. So I think uh, the coach, it might be a blessing in disguise. Uh, Dale Stain has had his injury woes. Leonard Lander as well. Mornay Morkel now picking up another injury. It's time for, for Otis Gibson to start building his test squad, the one that is going to take him into the next few years and, and hopefully longer if his contract is extended. So a great opportunity for him to uh, perhaps bring in Dan Patterson. Uh, I saw Fafti Prasid yeah. say that he's quite excited to see Dan Patterson play with the red ball for the first time. So that might uh, suggest that, that Patterson is going to get a go ahead of Wayne Parnell tomorrow. And uh, uh, that would be a great uh, call as well from, from Gibson just because it does give him options going into the rest of the, the uh, South African Test Series uh, against uh, Zimbabwe and, and India and Australia all coming to South Africa over the next few months. Yeah, he's somebody who I think has really deserved his call-up. But, I mean, from a bowling perspective, you'd be looking at Keshav Maharaj. I think 50 wickets in, in 12 test matches is, is pretty phenomenal. It doesn't matter which wicket he seems to be playing on. And uh, <laughs> the other situation that you've got to look at is uh, you've got Duan Willifield playing at home. I mean, it's his real chance to shine. This is a guy who took 50, what, 50-odd wickets at 18 last uh, franchise season. Yeah, the top wicket taker in the, the domestic season last year. I think this is really the opportunity that Willifield would have been, been waiting for because he's been there and thereabouts, but now it's an opportunity for him to really show the coaches what he is capable of doing. And again, going back to the injury situation uh, in, in the South African pace lineup, Dale Stain, we don't know when, or we do expect him to be back later this year, but we don't know how long the body is going to last. More and more not getting any younger. Vernon Philander is also not getting any younger. So this could be an opportunity for Olifu to, to put up his hand and to say to the coach, this is me. Uh, even if uh, Stain does come back, uh, I deserve to be in the, 
in the team ahead of him because I haven't been consistently performing. That's also something that Fafti Blissi spoke about today in the, the pre-match uh, press conference is that he wants the Proteus to be more consistent from here on. So that means another dominant display for Bangladesh. And that means someone like Olifir needs to step into the role of Mona and Moko and, and not just rely on Kakisa Rabada to, to do the, the, the business uh, as the pace bowler and Keshav Maharaj to, to tie up uh, in the spinning department. Uh, it's an opportunity for him to, to really make his mark. Speaking of uh, bowlers, uh, the pitch, Faf wasn't very happy with the porch deck, but uh, I, I, I was told that earlier this week that uh, the, there was some green grass on the strip before the covers went on in bloom. I mean, that, that, should, uh, that should encourage a little more growth if it's been on consistently. But what, what sort of pitch are we expecting? Yeah, I do expect it to be a little bit greener. There should be some movement for the for the pace photos and a little bit of bounce as well. It has been raining in Bloemfontein, which uh, always does affect the, the groundsman's preparations of the pitch. But I do expect this one to be a little bit more pace-friendly, which is great for South Africa. Not so, uh, so it's good news for the Bangladesh team, especially after they were, were knocked over for 90 runs in that second innings in the, the previous test match. Their confidence would have taken a bit of a knock. And also, they are playing without one of their star players coming in ball. So, yeah. uh, not good news for them, but also, it, it, a lot will come down to the toss tomorrow. And I'm sure the, the Bangladesh <laughs> captain actually, if he wins the, the, the toss on this uh, occasion, he you will definitely decide to have a bat uh, because I, d- I do think you don't want to give the Proteus bowlers uh, an opportunity uh, too late in the test match, but also you don't want the South African batsmen to get settled in on day one and to, to put up a, a big score as they, they did in the previous test. Yeah, I think Fafti Pussy was having a little bit of fun with uh, with with a coin toss <laughs> thing earlier this week. Uh, some, some somebody asked him uh, along the lines of um, what was it? Uh, how would how would he handle the toss? I think it was, and and, and Fafti Pussy went back with something along the lines of, "I'll leave that to the Bangladesh captain," <laughs> which I thought was uh, it was it was pretty funny, I suppose, for those of us who enjoy watching the the test cricket <laughs> from the very coin toss. But look, you spoke about Bangladesh's recent success against Australia, and I. You you know, what, what do the side actually need to do to try to translate their home success that has seen them beat teams like Pakistan, like West Indies, like England, and as you say, most recently Australia, to, to, to playing abroad? How do they get that right? I think the first thing that they need to get is they need to get some confidence uh, in the team that they are actually capable of taking that home form and bringing it to South Africa. I think this, this first test, it would have been a very, very different story had uh, had Mushika Rahim decided to, to bat first on that opening test match because I do think that that pitch did suit their play a little bit better than what the one in Bloemfontein is going to, to do. So uh, things would have been a lot different. And you, who knows, perhaps if Bangladesh batted first and they put on a, a total of 300 or 300 plus and picked up a few early wickets in the South African first innings, things would have been a little bit different. I don't see that happening in the second test just because, as you mentioned, the pitch should favor the South African pace bowlers a little bit more. And I, I don't see Bangladesh uh, capable of, of putting on a big score on the track in Bloemfontein. But again, it's, it's test cricket, stranger things have happened. If, if Bangladesh decide to, to bat first tomorrow and they, they are able to, to put on a decent score and they pick up a few early wickets and, and cause that middle uh, order of South Africa to, to be a little bit uh, nervous going in. Uh, Timba Baruma performed great in that first test, but I think he's one of the players that will really want to impress uh, Otis Gibson because he has struggled over the last uh, year or so in, in test cricket and, and he would want to show that he is somebody that he can, that the coach can rely on going into the future. But if uh, the Bangladesh bowlers are able to ask a few questions uh, from the South African bats, uh, anything is possible. But at the moment, uh, I think playing just more crickets abroad, that is uh, going to help the, the Bangladesh team to, to take that home form and to be able to be competitive in Test Series abroad.
Perfect. Johan Leroux, thank you very much for your insights and opinions and enjoy all the cricket as it begins tomorrow. Thank you very much, Duane. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. It's 18 minutes to 7 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Just to bring you up to date what's been happening, Armenia have managed to find a goal back against Poland in their uh, World Cup qualification matching group E in uh, UEFA qualification. So they trail now 3-1 to Poland. And Azerbaijan have conceded. Czech Republic has scored just before half-time in that match. So those matches having kicked off at 6 o'clock, those are currently underway. But let's uh, turn our attention to what is happening in South Africa. Bafana Bafana taking on Burkina Faso in a 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifier themselves at uh, F&B Stadium on Saturday. Uh, disastrous doubleheader against Cape Verde, plus a decision of course to uh, have the replayed match against uh, Senegal. It certainly made South Africa's hopes of making it to Russia uh, remote, some would argue. Either way, let's get the views of legendary uh, South African striker Bafana Bafana's uh, own Sean Bartlett. Sean, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. The, uh, one of the most deadly men ever at the back post. We, we miss those <laughs> days. We miss those days. Um, Sean, look, I mean, I, I suppose it was a disastrous doubleheader against Cape Verde. The fact that we lost both matches, I, mm. I think the plan was initially to beat Cape Verde home and away and then hopefully have a full stadium or near full stadium at F&B. It's not transpired. And then, of course, the, uh, the replay of the Senegal matches is hit Bafana Bafana as well. From where we stand, though, I mean, you know, going into this match, what, what do you think the players are going through, having taken this sort of double blow and, and really had their chances of qualifying for the, uh, the World Cup made rather remote? Yeah, I think uh, you've just explained, obviously, the two disappointments as far as the Cape Verde games uh, were concerned. And now, and the back end of that, um, the Senegal game as well, they've got a replay. So now, um, with the backs against the wall, and I think uh, this squad has obviously faced adversity in the past as well. But I think there's one thing that I do know about Bafana Bafana is against all odds, most of the time, they do go out and get results. And I yeah. think on Saturday, um, they will put in a good performance uh, and at altitude. And I think, uh, obviously, since today as well, the conditions are suiting us a lot more. And probably uh, the Bukanabe, you know, it's a lot more colder and it's raining. And I believe it's going to be like that till Sunday. So hopefully those are conditions that obviously will help our boys. Yeah, that would be a good thing, especially the altitude uh, factor, which is something I don't mm. think we, we often use quite as well as, uh, as as we should, like teams like Bolivia tend yeah. to use, and uh, Ethiopia mm. certainly in, uh, in Africa. That said, when you look at the squad, uh, you know, you've got a, a series of injuries, a series of suspension as well. I mean, amongst others, you're missing your captain in Tulani Tlatuayo, former captain in Dean mm. Furman, uh, defender at the back in uh, Mato. Th- th- those are all significant, but how significant is that overall for Bafana Bafana? Uh, to be honest, um, I think the players that, that have come in and replaced uh, the experienced players, like you've mentioned, Mattel and Flaxwile, and I think these players are also on form. I think Robin Johan has been doing well for his club, and also we've still got the experience, Itumil uh, and Kuna, which I believe for the last few games have been outstanding for Chiefs, and hopefully he can continue that form for Bafana Bafana. Um, I think at the beginning of your statement, you made the fact that obviously we're playing at altitude, and that's something for me that was very surprising that we took Cape Verde to the coast, yes. knowing that obviously they're from a coast or from an island where it's going to benefit them, so those games, I think that game should have been played at altitude, and maybe it could have benefited us as well, but I think on Saturday it's about selecting players that on form, um, and there's quite a few in that squad, and more than anything else we, we're going to need goal scorers, we're going to need people to put the ball in the back of the net uh, in order to give us the upper hand.
Yeah, that that is the sort of puzzling thing for me. Was uh, when I looked at the squad announcement and saw that uh, that that Tukela Rantia wasn't wasn't in the Bafana Bafana squad. I was I was a little taken aback. Stuart Baxter seems to have defended it, but I mean, you played under Stuart Baxter. You know what goes through his mind. You know how he pieces things together. I know he's always got a plan. Just give us from a player's perspective what it's like to work under Stuart Baxter. Well, there's one thing that Stuart does very well is he, um, he covers our position into very, very fine detail and makes sure that obviously gives the, the players all the information needed in order to go out and exploit the weaknesses of the opposition. Um, something that obviously during our, my time playing under him in the early 2000s, um, we got to experience and we never, there's never any shortage of detail as far as the opposition were concerned. And again, it's a matter of carrying out the instruction that's given to you. Uh, and maybe that's something that obviously in the short term uh, is, is not working, but I, I do believe uh, Stewart has got enough knowledge of South African game and uh, been, in, been around obviously with Chiefs and Supersport recently that he's had success and he knows exactly as to how to tap into the South African mentality and South African players and hopefully that will obviously come to the fore on Saturday as well. Yeah, I think uh, he's somebody who does tap into so many things. He's familiar, at least, is, is, with, the, with the country and the players. I, I'm hoping he can get the best out of them. But talking about getting the best out of players, in the modern mm-hmm. era, Sean, we talk about uh, using every available uh, uh, facility and aspect, whether it's video analysis mm-hmm. or, uh, or or up-to-date video of, of, of opponents or things like sports psychologists. I, I believe that Bafana Bafana have got a sports psychologist in camp. Is that is that a, a very good move from your perspective? How do you see that? Well, um, I'm all for that, to be honest. It's something that I've been doing um, for the last few years since I've moved also to the University of Pretoria. It's, it's probably part of the South African game that doesn't get affected that much, uh, working on the mentality and the mental strength of uh, our players. And we so focus on, obviously, the technical ability and getting the tactics in order that we forget sometimes where players come from and what type of baggage they bring with them. So I believe it will benefit um, the national team in this particular instance. And... Sometimes you're going to need that, obviously, mental capacity as, as going into these games when things don't go your way. How to recall certain things and obviously make sure that uh, you're mentally strong enough to encounter certain things. Um, you know, we, we're a nation that obviously loves winning teams and sometimes it doesn't always go our way. And that's where the players just need to be able to block out certain things and focus on their jobs and, and make sure they can produce the best. How, how do you, and as, uh, maybe maybe on the point of the psychology aspect, because I, I do believe mm. it's, it's more mental than anything else, how, how do you feel about the way South Africa tends to, and you alluded to this earlier, perform so well against bigger nations? I mean, we beat the then world champion Spain. We beat, uh, you know, we, we held Brazil mm. for 75 minutes in Brazil. Uh, we, you know, we've pulled off some fantastic results against bigger nations that, that mm. should have walked all over us. And then we do things like lose to Mauritania, can't beat the Gambia, struggle against uh, Cape Verde, lose to Cape Verde. Uh, is, is that all down to mental or, or mostly down to mental? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's obviously loving the fact that uh, when we face with adversity and a tough challenge, we always manage to, to rise to the occasion. Or whether it's, you know, come from a cultural background, you know, uh, South Africa, uh, I think football is still predominantly what they would call a poor man's sport, and a lot of our players uh, came from underprivileged backgrounds in, in order to make it to the top. So the fight for survival has always been there, and I think that sometimes, obviously, like you've indicated, as far as the mental strength, when you face with adversity, you're always going to dig deep in order to get a result. And I think that that's where most of our players come from. And 
like you've indicated, uh, when we play bigger nations, we know exactly it's against uh, all odds, and nobody's giving us a chance anyway to go and get a result. So that's when we sort of thrive and, and, and go and do our best and, and get results where people don't expect us to get. Well, maybe that will count in our favour for the remaining qualifiers because uh, we need three wins out of three mm. to stand any chance of qualifying. But, Sean Bartlett, <laughs> listen, you've been doing, doing really well with the University of Pretoria this season so far. You guys have got off to a really good start. So uh, thank you for your time yep. this evening and uh, I certainly wish you everything of the best with uh, your National First Division side. Yep, thank you very much and I do appreciate all the support. SAFM Sports Wrap. SFM South Africa's news and information leader. Let's hear briefly from uh, Burkina Faso. Though they've never been to a FIFA World Cup, they came rather close to achieving that dream in 2013, but they lost uh, to Algeria in the final phase for Brazil 2014. The West Africans uh, among the top teams on the continent at the moment. They're ranked 49th in the world, seventh in Africa. Olympic Lyon's Bertrand Traoré was part of the group that missed out on the Brazil World Cup. He's eager to see himself among the world's football stars in the biggest spectacle. It's a, it's a dream for the for the whole country, for all of us. Burkina is the country we never play in the World Cup. So we were nearly there in 2014. But uh, yeah, we failed in the last game. Now we still have we still have the change. So we have to take it. If we qualify, it will be a dream for the for the whole country. Of course, of course, of course. At this stage of the tournament, we have to be clinical, even if we get half of the change we have to make it a go so yeah i think it's going to be important over here it's always difficult to play here and uh, yeah we have to be clinical we have to get any chance we get we have to put it at the back of the net and then defend well our goal Former Chelsea man who hails from Bobadilla has also not hidden his displeasure on FIFA's decision to order South Africa and Senegal to replay the match from last year we cannot do anything we know is at, for for me, it's it's not fair. You know they could have take this decision before before our game against Senegal, but they just took the decision after our two games against Senegal. Now I think it's unfair, but yeah, we have to accept it. It's the FIFA. We have to deal with it. Yeah, and uh, we have. I think we have our destiny in our our hands. So the last two games, we have to win them, and then yeah, hope for the qualification. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Eight minutes to seven on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader from uh, one Bafana Bafana legend. We go to another, having heard the comments, though, of Bertrand Traore, who is on the books of Chelsea for the longest time, now playing in France with Lyon. Uh, Bafana Bafana's uh, goalkeeper coach, Andre Arens, is on the line. Andre, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening to you, Dwayne. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? How are things in camp? Yeah, not too bad. Um, you know, it's been a been a tough old week. Obviously, it's a, it's a massively important game that we're heading to on the weekend. And, um, you know, as part of the Bafana technical staff, um, under the guidance of Stuart Baxter, of course, it's been a very busy week for, for us in terms of, um, you know, uh, sort of getting the players rallying behind um, what's expected of us and, uh, you know, uh, in going into this particular game. And um, it comes with a tremendous amount of focus from the players. And, and that's, that's been the one... Um, positive thing as well. And we know how talented these boys are um, that have assembled to the squad. Um, but the bonus, obviously, is that they're very, very focused for us. Well, this is good. Uh, but before we get into uh, more on the other players, I do want to ask about one player specifically. Itumilen Kune, uh, I know he's back in the squad. He's been playing well for Chiefs. There was some injury concern. Is he back? Because for me, his presence seems to inspire. 
Of course, he's, he's a massive part of the team, um, and it, it, it's wonderful news that he's back, and he's, he's been working very well, very well, very hard um, with the team this week. Um, you know, the sessions that I've put on, he's, he's really taken to nicely. Um, they've been they've been very testing um, sessions because obviously we need to get an idea of of where he's at, and um, you know, he's, he's he's responded tremendously well to to all the sessions, um, kind of come out of it in tip top shape. Um, and, you know, he's really into it. I can see that by his body language. So, you know, he's, he's a massive part of the team on and off the field. Uh, Andre, one of the things that was most significant between the, uh, the squads that were in Nigeria that uh, so famously beat Nigeria and the squads that lost to Cape Verde in back-to-back qualifiers was the sense of spirit, camaraderie. It was a sense of occasion. Some of the players just felt something just wasn't clicking against Cape Verde. Um, what, what is what is that sense like between the players at the moment? How are they how are they coalescing at the moment? There's, there's a great attitude and, and there's a great team spirit and, and and that's great to see. And I think perhaps maybe when you look at the Cape Verde games, you know, it, 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 I don't think it'll be fair to point fingers at players. I just think there's maybe a difference in energy levels to start with. I, I see a yeah. great energy level between all the players and and the attitudes to 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 the training sessions that have been put on for them. So that's fantastic to see um, their willingness to, to to carry out you know game plans and and, and, and and structures and that kind of thing has been a, has been wonderful. I mean, I, I really honestly can't fault, and that's that's been a very pleasing factor this week um, to see. And that was always going to be a challenge for us because um, you know we we cannot fall short of the focus part of of of, of, of this week and 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 what's important um, in terms of. Of going into this particular game, so that that was always going to be the challenge for us, and the boys really, I got to honestly say, have been responding very nicely. Well, that's good to hear. That's very good to hear. Uh, no other injury concerns or anything that we should uh, note from from camp. And uh, guys like Jali Hrobler, are they going yeah. to be available for the weekend? All looking good. I think he's got a fighting fit squad, okay. um, which always which always poses a a very pleasant um, sort of uh, uh, um, problem for the coach, if you like. Um, and that's what all coaches want, um, you know. And of course, clubs will be happy that the players are fighting fit and uh, ready to fight for a place in the team. Now, Andre, look, I, I know I know the chances seem remote of qualifying for the World Cup at the moment, uh, especially after the uh, the Senegal match was already replayed. But if South Africa win all three of their remaining matches, that's yeah. a nine point haul. That gives them a total of ten for the the campaign. Burkina Faso yeah. wouldn't be able to get more than nine then, and Senegal couldn't get more than eight, even if they beat Cape Verde on Saturday. Cape Verde, yeah. though, could still get 12, but you don't really see Cape Verde beating both Senegal and Burkina Faso, I would imagine. So, so yeah. realistically, South Africa could still qualify from this position. Do the players understand yeah. that and that they do need to go out and win these three remaining matches? And has that been communicated to them? We, we, we try not to bog the players down with what other teams need to do. Okay. Um, and that's been the focus this week. Yeah. Um, the players understand one thing. They understand that we need to go and win all our games, all our remaining games. Yeah. And that is the focus. Game at a time, starting with this particular one, because it's a massive one in its own right, Brian. And um, that focus is clearly on this particular game and getting the players to rally, rally around the importance of, 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 of this particular game coming up now. And, um, and that's, how we, that's how we like to keep it. Um, so, you know, in, 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 in the good old saying, we focus on one game at a time. That's yeah. exactly how it is for us right now. 
Well, Sean Barnard was, was saying he wouldn't be surprised if they do end up qualifying, uh, you know, be, because of the fact that South Africa has this great ability to rise to the occasion against sides that are ranked above them, sides that are more fancy yeah. to beat them. Whereas teams like Cape Verde, you know, we struggled against the Gambia, we struggled against Mauritania, teams like that that we were expected yeah. to beat. So when you consider that we're facing far tougher opponents in these three matches, the, the, the likelihood is there. How, how do you feel about that and the mentality of the side? Yeah, and that's no disrespect to any 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 international team. Um, and when you look at the focus in terms of, of, of the quality of, of the opposition we're coming up against, we thrive on that. Um, but you can't you, you can't pick and choose your games, unfortunately, at an international <laughs> level. Yeah. Um, but with the focus being on this one and the and, 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 and how important it is and how tough the game's gonna be, we're under no illusion that it's gonna be a tough old game. Because you're coming up against some quality players in this particular game. But that's the challenge for the players. And they and they see that, and they see it as an opportunity to, um, you know, to say to people out there, we can do this, we can do this, um, and 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 that's what we that's what that's what the aim is from everyone this week. Well, I tell you what, if they bring the sort of game plan that uh, that they did against Nigeria in Uyo to uh, yeah. Senegal in Dakar to uh, Senegal yeah. here at in Bulukwane and at Burkina Faso yeah. on Saturday, I think South Africa's got a really good chance then of qualifying. But Andre Aron, so time against us. Thank you so much for your insights and opinions, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Appreciate the chat. Thank you very much for having me, Glenn. There we go. Andre SAFM Sports Wrap. One of the legends of the game. 67 international caps for Andre Aronson, not to mention the oldest ever player in the PSL. At 45, he played in the EPSA Premiership. That's unbelievable. He was walking very, very funny the next day. Let's put it that way. He was struggling after that match. But I'll tell you what, he's, uh, he's got some great records, some great insights. I'm delighted to see that he's working with Stuart Baxter. So as things stand in the group, Group D, Burkina Faso leading the way. They've got six points from four games. Uh, Cape Verde have also got six points from four games, but a uh, goal difference, they're separated by four. Senegal have got five points from three matches, but Fana Fana bottom with just one point from their three matches, with three matches to go. But as I've explained it, there is still a chance that South Africa could go on and qualify if they win their remaining three matches. Can they go out and do that? One wonders, but certainly I wish them everything of the best. That's all we've got time for tonight, though. Uh, Nalini Mulo is going to be up after the news of the talk shop. Don't go anywhere. From uh, Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocca, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.